The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hello, welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan. One of the things that always has intrigued me over the time is energy. I noticed when I sat next, and vibration, which can be used for healing and all sorts of things. But I noticed when I was near people, I would pick up their emotions. One time I was sitting between a boyfriend and another gal, and I started feeling very insecure. So I just said, okay, higher power, whatever's not of me, release felt better. Turns out they had dated, and there's all sorts of stuff going on back and forth between them. Then I studied Reiki. When I was on call, I would heal the whole Bay Area, and people couldn't understand why the calls, particular calls I was on, were the lightest, but it didn't work during the full moon. Then I tried matrix energetics, which I could heal people temporarily, and they could move things that they couldn't move before. Then the Trivedi effect, Then I experimented sending energy to patients who were about to be tased and shackled and all sorts of things, and they broke down crying about various things immediately, which gave a little small window for an intervention. So we're going to explore this further, vibrational, energy, etc. And we're honored here to have Dr. Stephen Sinatra. He is well known as a cardiologist, psychotherapist with over 40 years of clinical experience treating heart disease. He's truly a pioneer in many areas, including electromagnetic fields and grounding and uh, several different areas and the spiritual realm as well. His books include The Sinatra Solution, Metabolic Cardiology, Reversed Heart Disease, Now, Lower Your Blood Pressure in Eight Weeks, Heartbreak, Heart Disease, and many others. He's delved into the time-honored healing techniques of earthing, where we connect to the healing energy of the earth. So welcome, Dr. Sinatra. It is an honor to have you here. Oh, it's great to be here, Susan. And I loved your uh, introduction about uh, you know sitting in a movie theater or, or sitting next to somebody and you feel their vibe. Because uh, that's what vibrational energy is all about. You know, a lot of us don't realize this, but the energy of a human being can extend for, or the aura can extend for several feet. And, you know, we've all had this uh, phenomena or this situation happen. You know, we'll sit in a movie theater and we'll sit next to somebody and all of a sudden we can feel their anxiety or their anger for that matter. And uh, we don't know why. We feel uncomfortable. And, and uh, you know, sometimes we need to move because we're so close to the vibrations coming out of someone's, you know, body or protoplasm. We experience it. We don't understand why. But, you know, for some of us, we need to move. For others, we'll, I guess we'll grin and bear it. But that's what vibra- vibrational energy is all about, is really the... the um, acclimation of, uh, of the energy, and sometimes uh, we can feel others' energy as well. So that was a great introduction. Yeah. I mean, it was really strange because I thought it was me, and I was feeling very insecure, thinking oh, that something was terribly wrong with me. But then I did that exercise asking my higher power to release that that was not of me, and I felt fine. And later on, the boyfriend started telling me how awkward he felt. So it's interesting lessons we learn along the way. Oh, yeah. So what is vibrational health? What does that mean? Well, um, vibrational health, is, is, first of all, this is a, a book that I'm, I've almost finished. It's, uh, it, it's really the, um, the key to optimum health is, is really 
uh, a way to focus on your vibrational energy or developing your vibrational energy uh, to where you're feeling joy or you're feeling uh, optimized or, or whatever it is. You know, it's almost like um, when we're in with a, uh, a crowd of people, especially children, and all of a sudden the children start laughing and laughing and laughing, and we, we, we've all experienced this. And then all of a sudden you feel good, and you start laughing, and you know, it becomes contagious. Well, those are vibrations that are going out, and, and, and really, um, as human beings, we can acclimate uh, from the other vibrations of others. Uh, and, and sometimes we can feel joyful, sometimes we can feel depressed, but uh, I really believe that uh, vibrational energy is really the key to life. And I really understood this, uh, or I began to understand it when I started to write about metabolic cardiology and, and you know, the disease in, uh, in, in, of, of the heart, whether it's heart failure or, or coronary artery disease or valvular disease, where the heart starts to suffer and the energy of the heart goes down. And then from my um, readings and, and, and my writings and investigation of, of metabolic cardiology, I transfer, you know, I transferred all that into the uh, vibration uh, of our being. Well, don't hearts kind of beat together like according to heart math and brain waves synchronize when a group is like singing and chanting and doesn't that kind of move around the room and we synchronize? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's well said. And the same is true uh, uh, if you're ever on a, on a, let's say, a ferry boat in the ocean and, 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 and a storm whips up and people start getting sick and it uh, becomes very contagious, you know, when one person gets sick, another person next to them gets sick. And I'll never forget, uh, I was on a, uh, a ferry going from, um, I, I believe it was Newfoundland to Labrador. And, and uh, we were out in the ocean, and uh, waves were breaking over the deck about six or seven feet, and people were so sick. I mean, so sick. It was, it was awful. And uh, my brother and I, we were in a TV room, and I almost lost it myself, but we were watching the Pink Panther, and we started laughing, <laughs> you know? And the laughing literally changed the vibration of my body. In other words, I went from fear and anxiety to laughter, and uh, my brother and I, uh, I think we'd, we were probably one of very, very few people in that boat that did not get seasick, and uh, I use that as, as an example because um, emotions are contagious, and, uh, and again, it's the vibration of those emotions that uh, you know, can really hurt us sometimes or help heal us. So, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, using, using the vibration of our protoplasm or the vibration of our cells as a, a key to our emotional, physical, spiritual, and uh, mental health. Me too. I mean, is it sort of like resonance theory? For example, if you have a group of soldiers marching across a bridge and if they march in step, the bridge can vibrate to the point that it can break or a singer, an opera singer uh, can break and crystal glass and shatter it you know, if it's, when it's filled with wine. Uh, is it similar to that? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. You know, that's a good metaphor, Susan. I mean, um, you know, you know, vibrations can be very, very healing, or uh, you know, they can be destructive. I mean, uh, the the voice of an opera singer, the frequency of of of, of the uh, uh, of the voice going out, uh, you know, can be disastrous. You know, when you have a class, for example, uh, especially those high pitched vibrations. Uh, but again, you know, we got to look at vibrations as healing vibrations. There's lots of healing vibrations, like love is a healing vibration. I mean, um, I think one of the best things uh, that, you know, lonely people can do uh, in their lifetime is uh, get a pet. Um, you know, as a heart specialist, I was always amazed at the data uh, demonstrating that, uh, you know, coming home to a loving dog uh, after a heart attack, for example, uh, as opposed to uh, an empty house or a judgmental spouse or, you know, an angry uh, partner uh, can be enormously healing. In fact, the data on this was like a 400% improvement in survival 
when one comes home to a, a healing pet because you know what, what pets do is they love us unconditionally and and they put that vibration out and and whenever we take in that vibration you know the love in their eyes the uh, the closeness they they get to us you know the the licking of our hands or face you know whenever we experience uh, that contact uh, it can be very very healing uh, to the body my two dogs are looking at me as we speak. Oh, they get it. <laughs> they get it. And I'll oh, tell you, yeah. I had dogs for, for years. And, uh, at one point, you know, when I um, uh, read the literature on this about coming home to a, uh, uh, a loving pet, I, at one point I had three dogs. I had two chows and an elk count. And uh, uh, basically they were really, really uh, uh, important in, uh, uh, in, in delivering, uh, you know, the messages of, of health and healing. But there's a scientific basis for this. It's each electron has a charge, and uh, so cells are connected, the inside and outside. Uh, theoretically, the connective tissue made of collagen arrays sets up electric fields that are generated by movements and contractions of muscles and tendons. These might be the meridians that we find in acupuncture, which is definitely an energetic form of healing. So uh, the scientific basis for this, rather than it just being something beyond our comprehension. Isn't there? Oh, yeah. And in fact, uh, MIT researchers uh, actually looked at this. They uh, looked at red blood cells in, in patients with uh, like a malaria-like syndrome or a virus syndrome. And, and what they realized was that ATP, you know, which is really the energy of life, adenosine triphosphate, we all studied it in high school biology, you know, back then where we, we, we realized that, you know, cells make ATP, adenosine triphosphate, and uh, this is the energy of life. And, uh, and, and basically, um, what these MIT researchers realized is that when cells lose energy, uh, the ATP uh, constituents fall. And, and this was actually reported um, in, in the cardiology journal back in 1997, where they took hearts and heart failure, uh, hearts that were struggling. Uh, and they, uh, some of these hearts were transplanted, uh, some were biopsied. And, and they looked at the cells inside the, the, well, they looked at the heart cells. And the heart cells had diminished quantities of this energy of life, this ATP, that um, uh, is, you know, the scientists refer to as, as, our, as our core energy. I, I refer to it as our vibrational energy, as, as, our, as our energy. Because even during World War II, for example, when, when the German war criminals knew that if you shut off ATP with cyanide, uh, for example, you would only have eight seconds left because we, we make it we, you know, millions of times per second in our cells. But if you sh- shut off the Krebs cycle, you know, our biochemical pathways with cyanide, well, then you can't breathe and, and, you, and you go into convulsions. So these MIT researchers you know, demonstrated that cells that are sick the energy of the cell goes down, the ATP goes down, and, um, um, you know, even, um, you know, through my course of, of being a, a doctor, uh, you know, some of the experiments that we looked at in, in cells, we, we realized that the C cells have far less microvoltage, you know, we call it mini-volts, uh, than, than healthy cells. And I'll tell you one thing, Susan, I, I, I've always been amazed at... Uh, uh, you know, I've been a heart specialist for over four decades, and uh, this has never never happened in my entire, you know, existence of, of being a heart doctor. But I never saw um, someone with a heart attack who was romantically in love. Now, <laughs> could that be a, a you know a person of of the opposite sex, or possibly the same sex? Could it be a cat or a dog? I mean, it could be anything. Really? I, I never saw someone who felt such love in their body. Uh, you know, I, now, the converse, I saw many patients with anger, many patients with profound sadness. And betrayal is one of the worst f- forms of energy that can cause heart attack. So, um, you know, I asked other cardiologists this question. I said, have you ever seen this? And, and they, they said, you know, they think about it for a while, and, and they say, no, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's not the only thing that can protect our hearts. But I have to tell you, like, when, when I, you know, being a psychotherapist and a cardiologist, you know, I, I, 
I I look at these emotions, and uh, it, it's always been you know exciting and 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 perplexing at the same time, you know how our emotions actually dictate you know our our physical health. Yes, as I recall, that uh, some of the risk factors for heart attacks used to be anger and type B. I mean, t- pardon me, type A personality driven, push, push, push. But also interesting, uh, when you withdraw the love, Takasubo syndrome, you can have a heart attack or the heartbreak uh, heart attack, and that can generate a heart attack. Can you tell us about that? And that's, yeah, supposed, actually, to be ener- yeah. that's, that's supposed to be energetically connected to the, I guess, the norepinephrine receptors on the anterior, typical uh, on the front of the heart. So uh, tell us about that. Right. You know, basically, acute heartbreak uh, can cause an overwhelming discharge of noradrenaline, which could cause cell death of heart cells. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been demonstrated recently, you know, uh, in the literature where you get heartbreak. Uh, and one of the reasons why I wrote my book, Heartbreak and Heart Disease, and I have to tell you, Susan, I was only 42 when I wrote that book. It was like almost 30 years ago. Uh, wow. But as a cardiologist, I was seeing, and, and remember, at the same time, I was in the psychotherapy training program. I studied uh, two years of Gestalt psychotherapy with Fritz Perl's disciples, uh, and, and then I got a degree in uh, bioenergetic psychotherapy. I studied with Alexander Lowen uh, and other bioenergetic therapists, and uh, I just you know, realized the importance of, of, of uh, overwhelming heartbreak. And, uh, you know, heartbreak is a very, very mysterious emotion. Uh, and, uh, you know, when it comes to heart disease, emotions rule the heart. Um, uh, and now with modern technology, we've discovered heart rate variability. And, and we realize that, um, you know, the, the heart in my mind uh, is really the king of the body. In other words, it rules the body. We, you know, we think the brain rules us, but, but really it's the heart. I mean, and, uh, you know, when we have, you know, well, balanced heart rate variability or good heart variability, um, you know, th- this is a common denominator of, uh, of healthy, optimal living. Um, I'll never forget when I was at a uh, workshop in the Bahamas, I, uh, I would go down there once a year and I would teach uh, at this yoga ashram. And um, uh, one year, actually it was, Two years ago, I brought my heart rate variability device down there, and uh, I tested a, a lot of people, and some of them were yogis, some of them weren't, some of them were students you know, that were attending the program. And I was amazed that uh, the yogis had this incredible, balanced heart rate variability. Uh, and you know a lot you know a lot of them do alternate to nostril breathing you know a lot of them uh, you know practice uh you know various forms of yoga a lot of them meditate they all meditate and for example when i was there we would meditate twice a day so you know there's there's so many things we can do to balance our heart rate variability and when the when the heart rate variability is balanced it puts less of a stress on our cardiovascular system. So, um, you know, what you say is absolutely true. Heartbreak, acute heartbreak, can cause an overwhelming discharge of chemical messages in the body that can cause necrosis of heart cells, you know, the Takayasu syndrome, which, uh, you know, in some situations can cause uh, uh, not only cell death, but sudden death as well. Yeah, about 2% of these folks die, I understand. Yeah, and... uh, one of the things that um, I wrote in Heartbreak and Heart Disease years ago um, uh, was this whole aspect of voodoo death. <laughs> you know, have, have you ever read any of the writings by Walter B. Cannon, who who studied the uh, primitive cultures in the, in the South Pacific and uh, in the Caribbean islands, where you know voodoo death is a, is is real, but but what it is, it's it's almost like when the witch doctor places a curse on you. Uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't make a difference. But the the person who's being cursed is ostracized from the tribe, and the ostracized, when you're ostracized, it creates intense loneliness and despair. And uh, a lot of these people uh, develop sudden cardiac death from again an overwhelming di- and, and the science behind it is uh, an overwhelming discharge of uh, adrenaline, which causes cell death of cell of, of heart cells, which can trigger 
the nidus of what we call ventricular uh, arrhythmias, which can get the heart out of rhythm. So, you know, there's a lot of science. There's certainly folklore. There's certainly myth. Uh, but, you know, uh, they create a full circle, and, and a lot of them come true. A lot of these stories are... And, and I've read a lot of these stories by Walter Buchanan, uh, and, they're, and they're absolutely, uh, you know, just amazing to, uh, to, to look at and, and, and to dissect. And they also perhaps might be feeling the energy of the rejection by their former loved ones in their tribe, and they probably picked that up at some level. So is, is this not like the voodoo death, not is a factor of belief system and a nocebo or, or a bad placebo effect, but more an energetic thing, you believe? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely an energetic, but it's also a physical effect, too, because, you know, when you're ostracized, intense, lonely, intense loneliness uh, can cause just like an overwhelming discharge of the, of the uh, autonomic nervous system. Now, look, even as a heart specialist, uh, you know, we realize that depression, the, when anybody is depressed, this is especially true of women, by the way, the incidence of, of heart attack goes up like 400%. Uh, in, Absolutely. In, in, depressed, in depressed people. So, you know, the, the, the mind and the body are connected. There's, there's no doubt about it. The heart and the brain are connected. You know, I used to think that the heart, I mean, that the brain would rule the body. But again, through heart rate variability analysis, we realize that it's, it's the heart that is the king and the ruler of the brain. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's always good to be happy. Uh, don't carry grudges, you know. Forgive whenever you can, and uh, be mindful that uh, um, you know living authentically and uh, and uh, being true to your feelings and your, and yourself is is really, I believe, you know, being a therapist and a cardiologist is one of the keys to um, you know optimal living. I love that, and you obviously, to me, are on a very high spiritual plane, which is one of the things I love about you. But both depression and cardiovascular disease. I have as their basis information, which I guess would be a low energy. Yeah, I mean, um, people experience, um, you know, a lot of low energy. Again, they just don't have the, um, you know, the pulsation of the heart, you know. You know, even prehistoric man, this is amazing, but even prehistoric man realized that all life circled around, you know, a pulsatile heart. Now, if pulsation is restricted by any means, you know, too much alcohol, a heart attack, uh, you know, rheumatic fever where you get fibrosis of heart valves, uh, you know, heartbreak. I mean, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I mean, you know, I'm not a big believer in cholesterol, you know, <laughs> in, in heart disease. I mean, that's one of the books I've written was a great cholesterol myth where I, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, we've placed an, an incredible emphasis on cholesterol. I mean, it's a, it's a small factor in, in heart disease, but, uh, you know, I, I believe emotional and spiritual factors uh, are, are much stronger in the genesis of heart disease than just physical uh, aspects. Uh, you know, emotionality is, is really huge uh, when, when it comes to, uh, you know, healing the heart. I've noticed that making decisions coming from the heart tend to be a lot better than when you try to think things out with the brain. Yes, Susan, that's a that's a very very good point. Look, let, let's dissect this for a minute. Let, let, let's really look at this. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I wrote my book Heart Sense for Women in the year two thousand was that in nineteen seventy two. When I uh, uh, was in medical school, and well, actually I graduated medical school in 1972, uh, I never saw a woman in the coronary care unit when I rotated in the CCU. And um, I always thought that men got heart disease, not women, uh, because I didn't see women in this. I didn't see women with heart attacks. So when I went through my, you know, internship and residency and fellowship in cardiology. I started to see a few women with heart disease, but then in the 1990s, the coronary care units were full of women with heart attacks, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertensive crisis, because I was chief of cardiology in my institution, and I'm saying, what is going on now? You know, what is going on in the world? What is going on in, in society? And um, around that time, one of my mentors, uh, Bob Elliott, was still alive, and uh, 
he used to he his big books were stress in the heart and uh he was a big believer because he worked with nasa and he and he and he, and he did a lot of scientific experiments on the total peripheral resistance high blood pressure and cardiac arrhythmias in emotional states and um i'll never forget it one of his phrases was you know uh uh, be like a woman, act like a man, and work like a dog, and and that's sort of the scenario for women, you know, and and it's true, Susan. I mean, look what happened in the '90s. You know, women were taking on um, corporate jobs. Uh, they were leaders, uh, uh, you know, of, of of corporations. They were involved with banks, uh, certainly in real estate. They were um, becoming CEOs of companies, and. Um, it dawned on me that, that when a woman becomes more like a man, and uh, she, especially when she shuts off her feelings, uh, this can be a disaster. Uh, you know, one of the greatest attributes of being a woman, there's, there's two things of the softness of a woman that as a psychotherapist I really connect with. One of them is that women can tear up more frequently than a man. She can get into her feelings. She can she can cry more often uh, than a man. And and crying is really the the healthiest emotion we all do because when you cry, you uh, reduce the rigidity of the of the heart. You uh, bring tears and, and 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 tears secrete substances that create endorphins, which uh, are healing for the heart. Uh, you breathe more deeply when you cry. And uh, so crying is one emotion that helps to prevent the heartbreak that leads to heart disease. However, well, we've come a long way, off, baby, haven't we? We have. And if, and if women I mean, the women off, have. That's, I mean, yeah. And if women shut off, you know, this natural protective mechanism of crying, which a lot of them have done in the workplace, it, 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 it really became a little bit more clearer to me again, from being a psychotherapist and a cardiologist, that um, when the woman shuts off her inner emotions, her, her tears, her sadness, like a man does, because it's, you know, it's not, it's not man-like to cry. But, and, and I saw this many times in men who have shut off feelings. But then if a woman takes this to the highest degree, where now she not only shuts off her tears, but she shuts off her in- intuition. And Susan, when a woman betrays her intuition or shuts it off, now she invites heart disease into her life. And, oh, and, and I know I'm convinced that's true. about that. I, I am so convinced that a woman's intuition is one of her greatest assets. See, men don't have it like women do. But when women become like, more like men in the workplace, then they develop a male-oriented disease, which is heart disease. However, women are developing it because their intuition is being ruled by their left brain instead of their right brain. They, they, they don't act on it. And, uh, and, and when they don't get into their softness and their tears, they become more manlike. So they develop a more manlike disease, which is, you know, I used to call it the red badge of courage, which is heart disease and uh, heart attacks. So, well, my you know, intuition I, I tells that women, me that you've developed your intuition, that you're pretty good in that area. Oh, I've been working on my intuition for years. I mean, uh, you know, Susan, intuition is like a thief in the night. People don't understand this. You, you get a thought for it. It comes into your awareness in, in a matter of a millisecond. All of a sudden, you get this awareness. It's sort of a ha. And, and, you, and you, some people act on it. And they say, oh, my God, that was a great thought. I'm going to act on this. Uh, a lot of people don't act on it. But, but I think uh, when, you, when you use your intuition, uh, then you're raising the, the consciousness of your, own, of, of your own body, your own wisdom. Uh, and, and whenever you do that, you can almost invoke the spiritual world because uh, many times I feel like intuitive thoughts uh, are really... Uh, uh, coming from you know a higher dim- dimension, and, and I when, agree. when we connect with that connection, oh my gosh, we uh, we we go to a higher vibration of aliveness and creativity that is just incredible. Yeah, I I I found that connecting to that higher source and with uh, 
good intent rather than selfish intent, all sorts of miracles happen. And when people come to me, oh, what am I going to do in retirement? The answer is always to connect with that higher self. But I'd like to delve a little bit like on longevity for women versus men. The studies have shown that a man has the longest longevity if he's married and a woman has the longest longevity if she's not married which to me means she'd be more with her female friends who tend to nurture and and operate on that same plane that you've been discussing. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. I think more I think men are more vulnerable to loneliness than women. Um and and uh, this was a recent study that came out, wasn't that? Um uh where um you know, let's let's just go back to women for example. Um, there was a study in nuns. Uh, are you familiar with this study, where they wrote letters to themselves in their early twenties uh, yes, and late I've teens heard of it. when they were yes. in, when they were yes. in a convent, for example? And uh, a lot of these nuns who lived, you know, very long lives, had very very positive outlooks on life. Uh, they were very positive about their about their uh, their beliefs, their feelings in their in their own body, uh, uh, and. And the love, you know, of of God, of of uh, and and it, and uh, again, these the, the, these women had such longevity. And then again, one of the reasons why I wrote the book Heartbreak and Heart Disease is that I realized that you know heartbreak is probably one of the most potent cardiovascular factors around, because of all the things we talked about. You know, it sets the stage for you know not only um, arrhythmias in the heart, but also blood clumping because you know these chemical hormones they tend to thicken the blood like red ketchup uh and and there's so many aspects that um uh can weaken a person's core energy and vibrational energy that can lead them down the path to heart disease so um i just really feel that uh, emotions and 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 you know you introduced this you know with the women who um you know they can they can just they harbor so much better adversity uh, when it comes to loss uh, than men do. I think gratitude is another emotion that lifts us up to this higher power or this whatever it is, and that, I notice, can shift things as well. Oh, gratitude is something that uh, uh, I think is one of the most healing of all the emotions because when you have gratitude, uh, what comes out of gratitude is is feelings of 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 love as well uh and um and forgiveness um do you remember some of the works of louise hay um, yeah of course of course and and and, and remember that uh, one of the uh, aspects that she used to write about breast cancer in women uh about you know the the inability to forgive uh would be an emotional factor in the genesis of breast cancer um, and, and, and as a psychotherapist, I believe that myself, you know, a, a lot of us keep ourselves on the hook, um, where forgiveness or the inability to forgive or the harboring of hostility or anger, uh, it, it's really the Achilles heel for the cardiovascular system and, 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 and for women, uh, as Louise points out, could, could be a harbinger of, of, uh, of cancer. So, um, I just feel that emotions, uh, are, are really to, you know, the, the key, uh, you know, to, to high vibrational living. And remember this, you know, you know, you and I are both in the medical field. Uh, you know, we believe in ATP, uh, and, uh, you know, we, we, we believe in energy, but, you know, if you look at vital force, um, you know, the, <laughs> the the Chinese would call it ki the or chi the you know we've heard of chi energy the Japanese may call it ki you know prana by the Hindus brethikad by the Hebrews and Christians but like whenever we cultivate a vital force uh, and as a doctor I've always felt that you know vital force was actually a reflection. Uh, of the energy of our cells, you know, especially our mitochondria. You know, that's why as an anti-aging doc, you know, I didn't really focus so much on, on hormones. A lot, a lot of my, um, uh, you know, follow, you know, my, my uh, comrades did, so to speak. You know, uh, I, I focused more on the mitochondria of our cells. 
And, and if we nurture our mitochondria uh, with either targeted nutritional supplements, you know, dietary therapies, mind-body interactions, et cetera, et cetera, uh, then we nurture our vital force. And when, and when we do that, uh, you know, we, we optimize our vibration and, and, and we actually, uh, you know, tend to achieve, you know, more optimal living and optimal health as well. So the vital force and the mitochondria, what are their connection to vibration? Well, well, basically, um, I just feel that everything has a vibration. Uh, you know, even even minerals, you know, quartz crystals and rocks, for example, uh, have a vibration. Uh, our cells have a vibration, and 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 basically, um, you know, whenever um, we experience or improve our vitality, uh, our vibration goes up, our life force goes up. So um, if our if our emotional, um, let's say, or spiritual choices uh, put us in less of a vibration, put us more in fear, for example, more in sadness, more in anger, more in unforgiveness, you know, uh, we get trapped. And uh, when, when this occurs, um, you know, our energy uh, can be dissipated. And, uh, you know, constant draining of energy or, an, or constant energy drain, uh, you know, can can lead to dis-ease of our cells, which eventually can lead to disease and, and pathology. So uh, I'm a big believer that um, whenever we uh, improve mitochondrial function or vital force or vibration for that matter, uh, we're improving the, the health of our cells and our body. Well, I would like to look at the other side of this coin, uh, a side that's not very pleasant at times, but I've always played around with energy and do muscle testing like sugar and a battery or negative, but you can be even more scientific than that. I mean, if you eat something that doesn't agree with you, your heart rate goes up, or you can measure it with a VAS, that is, uh, you know, looking at the radial artery, they use it in auricular acupuncture, and that's reproducible. So, you know, and you can feel the change in the artery, uh, you know, wall. So, I mean, there are scientific ways of measuring this because some food like sugar and certain things have a very negative reaction on the body. I mean, and the muscle test and kinesiology gets weak or the vast shows weakness or your heartbeat might go way up. So it's a food and and our environment and certain things such as electromagnetic fields can really uh, pull our vibrational levels down, can't they? Oh, absolutely. In fact, what, what, you, what you're really talking about is, you know, you know, what factors will decrease vibrational energy. Um, and, uh, you know, sugar brings nothing to the table. As a kinesiologist, you know about that better than anybody, where, you know, if you put sugar uh, and do muscle testing and you put sugar near their, let's say, their fourth chakra over the heart, so to speak, uh, you know, sugar is just one of the uh, worst things that we put in our body. And, and, and look at this, Susan. I mean, you know, the average person now in, in this day and age is eating over 160 pounds of sugar per year. And, uh, you know, sugar is, you know, has no vibration to it. It's like a zero vibration. It does absolutely nothing, you know, healthy to the body. It causes an, an, an an enormous, you know, uh, drain on our energy, and it does it biochemically, uh, you know, with insulin relationships and uh, uh, and, and 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 blood sugars, uh, you know, actually affecting, you know, uh, our, our our chemistries and our, our hormones, and 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 the list goes on and on. So, you know, when it comes to sugar. You know, and alcohol, you know, overzealous use of alcohol. Remember, alcohol is sugar. You know, people don't realize this. And, uh, you know, and uh, even illicit drugs, for example, um, you know, so this certainly decreases, you know, the um, vibrational energy in our body. It just, I mean, sugar brings nothing to the table at all. And, and what we need to do as a population is be cognizant of, of how dangerous, you know, eating sugar is. And people don't realize that, you know, it's pervasive in the food supply. It's not only in the sweets, the candies, the cookies, and the sodas that we drink. But, you know, a lot of us eat a high-carbohydrate diet where the carbohydrates are transferred to sugar in the body. And, uh, 
you know, we need to be more mindful of eating more healthier fats, for example, more non-inflammatory foods. I mean, sugar is the most potent inflammatory food we can put into our body. We need to eat more healthy proteins. So um, sugar in our, in our diet will absolutely, uh, you know, reduce our, our, our vibrational energy. And the toxins in our food, genetically modified, the glyphosate, the insecticides, all the, I mean, Dr. Joseph Persano discussed this about a month ago, and, and this stuff is pervasive and has to be pulling our energy down. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's so many things that will decrease vibrational energy. I mean, you know, um, the, the, the glycophosphates uh, that are pervasive in the food supply, the Roundup, the GMOs. I mean, I mean, one of the reasons why I developed uh, Vervana.com, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a website that is really dedicated to, um, uh, you know, healthy eating. I have to tell you, Susan, I, I, I developed vitamins and minerals for over 20, 25 years. Uh, remember, I, I used coenzyme Q10 in the, in the early, well, I discovered it actually in 1982, but, you know, in, in the 90s, I was, you know, giving all my heart patients coenzyme Q10, and I realized, you know, the, the enormity it brought to, uh, you know, uh, bringing, you know, a better quality of life to people's lives. But I have to tell you that, you know, vitamins and minerals are absolutely essential uh, in improving the vibration of our body. But, um, you know, healthy food is really, really important. Uh, I, I've gone to health food shows uh, in Manhattan for the last few years, and uh, I'm amazed that even healthy foods, under the disguise of healthy foods, for example, uh, uh, can be, you know, not healthy for the body. You know, and so what I've been looking at is, High vibrational foods. Let me just take one for an example. Uh, olive oil. You know, olive oil is a secret source of the Mediterranean diet. There's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, olive oil does so many good things for the body. And one of the best things it does is alters gene expression. We only learned this about five or six years ago where, uh, you know, we, we know that people in the Mediterranean basin have the best longevity in the world. We know there's more 100-year-old-plus people who you know, eat a lot of olive oil in the Mediterranean basin. Uh, because, you know, what olive oil does, it, it, it changes, like I said, the gene expression. It not only improves HDL and lowers LDL, but it makes small particle LDL, you know, more fluffier and less inflammatory. It changes triglycerides. It has an effect on blood pressure. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And then in the pre-demand study, uh, where they looked at uh, almost 8,000 people over a five-year period, uh, the researchers demonstrated that four tablespoons of olive oil a day not only prevented heart disease and heart attack and Alzheimer's, but also diabetes and obesity as well. So what olive oil does is that it, it really changes, uh, you know, the... the um, the vibrational energy, so to speak. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's an awesome um, you know, substance to take in the body. But something changed over the last few years. Now, a lot of the olive oils coming out of Europe, uh, unfortunately, uh, are being cut with canola oils. Uh, and uh, canola oil uh, again has no. T- it doesn't have a taste or anything. So if the olive oil is it used to be a motor canola, oil. It used to be a motor oil. The yeah, so if the, if the canola is in the olive oil, but the olive oil is 75%, then, um, then it can be considered you know, 100% extra virgin olive oil. Um, so what's great about where you live in, you live in California, correct? Correct. Yeah, what's great about California is they have the olive oil, you know, uh, growers council, uh, and they certify 100%, 100%, no canola, only extra virgin olive oil. And, uh, you know, on my website, nirvana.com, we use a California olive oil, and, and I'm so proud of it because, you know, I went to the vineyards, I you know, I tasted the olive oils. I harvested the olives. I did everything because I wanted to see how it was made. And, uh, and and I really believe that that olive oil, and I'm using it just as an example of a healthy food. It, you know, uh, it, it truly is the secret sauce of the Mediterranean diet. And and the Mediterranean diet is, is I believe, is probably the most healthiest you know a diet of them all. I even like it better than a Japanese or the Oriental diet. You know, although I, I coined the word, as you know, the PAM diet, where I choose the best of both worlds, not only the, the Oriental cultures, but the uh, Mediterranean cultures as well. Aren't you developing a tomato sauce? 
Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, my last name Sinatra. Uh, you know, this is where it helps me. I, you know, I, um, uh, I used to when I was a young boy, uh, when I was seven years old. Uh, my grandfather from Sicily uh, made tomato sauce, and I got to tell you, it was the the best sauce I've ever had. I'll, I'll never forget it. And and my father then got the recipe, and my father made a great sauce. And then I started to make sauce. Even when I was in medical school, I was cooking for my, uh, you know, my classmates. And, uh, you know, this is sort of crazy, but um, when the GMOs came out and, and uh, the preservatives and the insecticides and pesticides, you know, I, I looked at various sauces, and I said to myself, you know, I better develop my own tomato sauce. So I developed my own marinara sauce. I found a green facility in Ohio, and uh, I use these San uh, Martanzo tomatoes from Sicily, which are the best tomatoes in the world. And uh, when I developed the sauce, I had it tested. Uh, and people around me, they said, you're crazy, you shouldn't do this because you developed 3,000 jars and, then you, and now you have an order in for 6,000 and, you, and you're going to find something wrong with it. And I said, look, I said, I, I use my own tomato sauce. And this is no exaggeration. I, I eat it you know, two to three times a week. I mean, I love this. And um, when I tested it and I found that it, you know, it, it passed California Prop 6.5, it was BPA-free, it's certainly all organic, it's lower in sugar, because we use carrots, you know, pureed carrots, organic carrots, as a source of sugar. I use a lot of parsley, and I use uh, uh, certainly a lot of garlic. You know, and these all organic constituents uh, with these incredible tomatoes, uh, all non-GMOs, uh, is a really incredible uh, tomato sauce, and I'm so proud of it. So, you know, what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm basically, uh, I, I went from the vitamin and mineral world to the high vibrational food world. So, you know, I developed my own olive oils and now I've, you know, I have that marinara sauce. I'm going to develop a pesto sauce and an abriata, you know, with a hot pepper because that brings a lot to the table as well as a potent antioxidant. And then I developed a pasta from Italy, which is a high protein pasta. You know, people don't realize this. Um, but like the uh, uh, carbohydrates in pasta, you know, these semolina pastas, they create an insulin response. And that's why a lot of people get fat when they eat, you know, a lot of pastas because, you know, a lot of the um, calories are not metabolized and they're stored as fat. Uh, but I, I came across these high-protein pastas where you're getting like 15 grams of protein per small for two ounces, which is a small serving of pasta. And, you know, if a person ate three ounces, for example, you'd get 22 and a half grams of protein. That's like eating a sirloin steak. And the, and the protein comes from red lentils. You can get it from, you know, garbanzo beans. You can certainly get it from, you know, pea proteins, you know, PEA proteins. And um, so I'm looking at these high-protein pastas, and I just ordered a, uh, uh, the red lentil pasta. And uh, I'll be getting it into Vervana in a couple of months. But I have to tell you, I'm, I'm so proud of the sauce the olive oil and the pastas uh, that are coming in. That I, I just feel that, you know, eating healthy uh, in the 21st century, non-GMO, you know, uh, no Roundup in the food, you know, no glyphosate, you know, no chemicals, you know, no, no, you know, mercury or lead or, you know. So uh, I just think, you know, healthy food is going to be the challenge of the, of the future. Well, what about gluten? Well, you know, it's also gluten-free. I, I should have mentioned oh, that. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm excited. I Where like gluten-free foods. Yeah, you Where know, well, you it? can get it online at, you know, vervana.com and, uh, uh, you know, some of the uh, food stores around me, the health food stores carry it. I would love to see Whole Foods carry it. But, uh, but again, I think they would only carry it if I had three varietals of, of a sauce. Uh, but I'll tell you the truth, Susan, I'm very, very proud of it because, you know, a lot of people are eating more vegetarian today, you know, that they don't want to get the hormones and animal flesh. They certainly don't want the chemicals and the insecticides. And, you know, even when I was doing my research on the glycophosphates, unfortunately, even Ben and Jerry's ice cream, which I, exactly. I thought was a really yes. healthy ice cream, uh, you know, had some residues. So it's, it's, it's important for us to all recognize that, you know, we, we need to all to come together on this and we, and we all need to eat healthy because, hey, let's face it. I mean, um, uh, healthier choices will help to prevent illness and disease. And, you know, you know, we're both in the medical field and we both feel, realize that when it comes to uh, health 
creativity, aliveness. You know, optimal meeting is really uh, the first parameter that we all need to focus on. And glyphosate is in all our organic food, folks. It's in the urine of most of us, and it's in the Arctic as well. Um, now, I believe if we're really spiritual and our vibes are really high, that, you know, that we can transmute our food. Is there any way, if we've got a plate of food and don't know what's in it, that we can raise its vibration before we eat it? Well, sure. I mean, uh, whenever you pray over food or even do Reiki over food, uh, I mean, you know... Um, you know, there was an old saying that Bob Elliott used to say about the Japanese people, you know, the families that pray together, you know, stay together, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I really believe when you say a blessing over food, you increase the vibration of the food. I mean, I believe yeah, that. Yeah, I would like heart. to, and we're coming to the cl- close here, so I'm going to be a little pushy. Um, one thing interesting was uh, going to a lecture by Omoto, who changed the structure of water just yes. by the thought. I mean, put writing, I mean, one way I filtered water when I had nothing else I could do is write love and then put the water on it or if you you know i mean you could change the structure of water but we've only got three minutes left so i would like you to summarize your point like you've got six key points of healing and tell folks how they get a hold of you and your delicious food because i want some now yeah susan make sure um you send you know joanne your address and everything and i'll send you out my high vibrational marinara sauce (laughs) (laughs) You're going to love it. In fact, oh, well, I'm going to the, the HRM audience? conference uh, in a couple of days. Three minutes left on the um, on the let's let's get the word out to the audience as well as your six key points of healing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically the the six key points. Uh, certainly, a non-inflammatory diet is key. I mean, we need to walk a little bit every day. Uh, certainly, if you can do, do yoga or qigong or or you know tai chi, uh, you know, as a way of connecting our mind, body, spirit, it's important. We need targeted nutritional supplements. I'm a big believer in omega threes. I mean, I love coenzyme Q10. By the way, after xanthan, you know, the the uh, pink flesh of salmon, for example, is yes. is 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 really really important. I love resveratrol. I love tumor. Rick, I think, you know, with the Alzheimer's and the EMF occurring in the environment, you know, people that take coenzyme Q10, omega-3, resveratrol, and, and turmeric will really enhance the uh, their brain. I love wild blueberries, you know, before, you know, connecting the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, neuro uh, fibrils in the, in the brain. Uh, I certainly am a big believer in delta tocotrienol uh you know that's that's a form of vitamin e that's I, I i i'm absolutely in love with so um in addition to targeted nutritional supports we all need the ground we only need to put up bare feet on the ground we need to take in mother earth energy um you know and 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 we need to be um you know mindful of of uh, of all the things we can do to uh improve our emotional and spiritual health. We, you, you mentioned forgiveness. Absolutely vital in, uh, in raising our vibration. So in closing, you know, these six modalities will raise our vibration. And uh, whenever you raise the vibration of your cells, you're going to thwart off the, you know, disease, and you're going to, you know, help to prevent, you know, many of the uh, chronic diseases that are plaguing us today. And I'll tell you, one of the worst diseases that I'm seeing, it's not a disease, but it's a factor in disease, is I'm seeing more and more high blood pressure, uh, and I'm seeing it more and more in women, and I get uh, worried. Well, that I hate to cut it. you off, but we are at the end. So, folks, please look up Dr. Sinatra's. He's got supplements, his food, uh, read as many books, do your research. You can help yourselves and others. and Please be well and raise your vibes. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week. We are the power.